1: All right, welcome to the latest edition of Hear That Podcast. Growl Poe and Poehner Jr., Jay Morrison of The Athletic, here with you on Cutdown Day. Cutdowns, they've come, they've gone, they will come again. They'll probably come again after that. And we practice squads and more cuts. Uh, the, the, the NFL roster is always changing, but we're here to stick as much of our opinion as we can into this one moment in time where it is what
2: it is today. And we'll soon change. But we're here, Jay. We are. And uh, 24 guys are not. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) That's true. Uh, You know,
1: we're just going to kind of take this episode as an opportunity to really look at the roster as a whole. We'll obviously talk about a lot of the cuts, the decisions they made, what it has left in front of us, what they still can or can't do understanding that some of this might change by the time you're listening to it, but so be it Um, because there's, I, there's a decent amount to digest of what happened over the last few days. We had a Bengals trade. Uh, We had a a big name veteran let go. We had um, a few surprises for me that still made it. I think you saw Darren Simmons voice show up a couple of times, and it to me it made for a really interesting dynamic. I, I'm just gonna kind of let's just go position by position, okay, Jay? Before All right. we and before we go and we'll sh- we'll shove some big picture stuff in there, but we're just gonna kind of go through what happened. Um, before I do that though, I can't I can't get out of here without dropping a full tease in here. Um, we're very excited about something. Very excited, because you people know how I feel about 50 West. It's beer, it's location, our guy, Optimistic Bobby. Well, we are officially having a live Bengals kickoff event. People have been asking when we're going to do another one of these, and the time is here. couldn't be more perfect, Jay. Next Thursday, September 9th, at 50 West Brewing Company, 7 o'clock, myself, Jay, Moeger, and we have uh, invited a number of other media members to come in and be part of this. James Repine, I know from Locked On, is going to come over at Sports Illustrated. Uh, a couple others. I don't have them fully confirmed yet, so I don't want to drop names. But there's others I think that'll be there too. And we're going to turn this into a full Bengals media preview event. We hang out and then do some off the record Q and A with any of those that you, those of you that attend, and want to ask some questions. You want to hear our real opinions? Not that we don't give you our real opinions, as you know, by listening to this, but you want to hear them you know, a little bit off the record? We can, we're going to do some of that. And then uh, at 8.20, Bucks Cowboys kicks off. So hang out in the courtyard, drink beers. They're going to have their sand volleyball leagues going on. It's going to be a lot of activity, a lot of people hanging out. It's going to be a ton of fun. We'll hang out and have some drinks, too, afterwards. So we invite everybody to come on up be part of it if you are a past growler bet winner this is a great opportunity for you to either show up or send a representative and tell and get that growler filled for you live and in person and all you people that show up can see what it looks like when you win uh but that is next thursday september 9th seven o'clock 50 west brewing company will be down there come hang out listen to all our Bengals talk to preview the season uh and uh and much more so anyway very excited about that! It's going to be fun.
2: Yeah, I can't wait. We, I've never done this. We've never done this on this show. I know you've done it in the past at, at your other stops, but I've never done a live one. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I, I think we should make it clear right now: no big gulps allowed. Uh, <laughs> if, if, if anyone doesn't big like anything zone. we say, yeah, yeah, do not throw anything at us. No. And uh, if there are any sand volleyball teams that maybe need an extra guy that night, I'd be happy to, to fill in <laughs> for a price you know
1: no you, i'll just play for free you just play for wow look at you offering up your services uh well uh so so keep keep an eye on that and um that's coming up next Thursday. I hope to see a ton of you down there. I always love seeing faces to those that uh send emails and tweets and uh growler bets and everything else. So looking forward to that. Come on down if you can. Um let's talk about the where the rosters at. Uh quarterback we knew Kyle Schirmer is is out. Uh, Joe Burrow, now Allen, you knew that. Running back, um, you end up with three cap. Joe Mixon, Samaj, P. Ryan, and Chris Evans. I think we, and I mean, this is what I know I had in the final 53. It was, I guess there was a thought, are they going to keep four running backs? That never really thought felt realistic to me, especially. It, I think it ended up being what we thought it would be, which was Travion Williams' injury really hurt him. Not being able to go out there and see him for two full games, uh, I think kind of spelled his fate a little bit because,
2: y- you know, you can't make the club in the tub, but you can make the practice squad. I mean, I, it feels like I, I, I doubt anyone's going to claim him. I doubt anyone's going to claim Jacques Patrick. So you expect to? I would. I expect to see both those guys um, on the practice squad and if you're going to go thin on the roster with just three, it makes sense to have two of those guys, um, on the practice squad, just in case anything were to happen. And, um, you know, Jacques was if you're going to be that back of the, the running back room guy, you've got to you've got to really contribute on special teams. And we, we just haven't really seen that from Patrick. Um, I think Travion can do it. But you're right. The injury just put him so far behind. No preseason last year. And then his rookie year, he gets hurt in the first preseason game. So we, we've seen him basically play one and a half preseason games in three seasons. It's just uh, it, it was too much to overcome this year. And Chris Evans,
1: man, he did it again. He did it again. He did what he's been doing all camp. He's been, they have loved throwing down that sideline to him, whether it's wheels, whether it's slot fade. This one, the slot fade. Brandon Allen sees the linebacker on Chris Evans in the game uh, on Sunday. And he immediately knew where he was going, looked off the safety, threw a dime to him down the line, but Evans makes it in traffic, catches the ball, takes the hit, holds on, gets up, gives me a nice little flex. Uh, You know, uh, that is, I mean, I, I think he has that weapon that he's shown is such a perfect fit for Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow in this offense, who like, Five out in the route as a way of protecting rather than max protect. I mean, that's what Burrow likes. He feels like he can get the ball out quick, process, and see where it's coming from, and and li- loves having that reliable target out of the backfield. Somebody who's dynamic even further down the field. Chris Evans, for as much as people want to compare him to Giovanni Bernard, is not. I think they're very different. Geo, people wanted to believe that Geo was some great receiver. He wasn't. He not in the way that Chris Evans is. I mean, the down the field, this is we the old number twenty five didn't make these plays down the field that we've seen all camp and we saw for the touchdown in the game. He was much more effective in the underneath stuff, which Evans does fine. And Bernard's better in other ways too, but I just think it gives you a much more dynamic weapon in the pass game. And when you know that's how Burrow likes to offset the rush and the blitz is with guys going out and being reliable in the pass game, I think Evans is a great fit. I think we're going to see him have a role in week one.
2: Yeah, I, I, have, I think it's going to be all year. that uh, they've. There was so much talk early about Joe Mixon being a, a three-down back, but I, I really think if, if he can get the – the pass pro down, we're going to see a lot of him on third down. And what I really liked about that, that touchdown catch, you know, I, I went back and watched, I was trying to figure out what happened Khalid cream. And so that was the last play, obviously before cream's last series. And I watched it a couple times and T Higgins talked about this a couple weeks ago. He had that play week three of last year when he showed his hands too early and got the ball knocked away. Chris Evans didn't do that. And, and T Higgins is a, a wide receiver coming out of Clemson and he, he hadn't got that down yet to, to not show your hands early. And here's a running back, um, in his third preseason game and he really, he sells it great. The, the linebacker recovered pretty well. Even though Evans beat him, it was, it was. Brandon Allen had to put it in a little a tight spot. And, and Evans just waited to the last second to kind of flick his hands out there and make the catch. And it's just, there's just so much you love about that kid. Everything he's doing with his hands, his route running. Um he's getting better running through the tackles. I'm I'm really I'm eager to see how they're gonna use him this year and and how he's gonna play when, when the lights come on for real. Cause I, I think he could be a real sleeper um in, in this league because of his receiving skills and because Maybe you don't want to give you like the idea of Joe Mixon being a three down back, but do you really want to give put that much wear and tear on him over the course of the season? It's an easy way to spell him a little bit, you know, yeah.
1: right. It's like it's just an easy way to take a little bit of the load off of Joe when you know there's you're you're adding a different element. I think that's what Evans will be And I think we'll see his role grow as the year goes on. Um uh receiver Receiver with a mild surprise, in my opinion. You know, you end up keeping seven, um, and the surprise being Stanley Morgan uh, latching on as a seventh receiver. And, you know, this is Darren Simmons' voice uh, because he's i felt bad for Darren he's out there talking with the ghost of a special teams ace past on sunday with talking with Clayton <laughs> Fedulum and Seaton Carter his former special teams aces that have been plucked away by the dolphins and and he's searching and he's searching for reliability on teams and there just isn't a lot of it on the roster and so when you start looking for where is that going to come from it's a guy like Stanley Morgan who has really been a nice player um but you know they need his role on teams to be something and because he's filling in for spots that they just don't have and and I think that was the idea but behind keeping him I, because it wasn't cuz he's a re- good receiver I mean I think he's I'd be stunned if he catches a ball this year but um <laughs> you're going to see him catch uh you know a lot of balls maybe on punts that, that that's where you're going to see him
2: yeah and I mean, this was, it was totally a special teams decision. And I wonder, you, you kind of talked about it earlier there, this roster's going to move before September 12th. And, and it feels like if they do claim somebody off of another team that Stanley would be probably the first guy to go, he's, he's that guy that's excited to make the 53 and then you find out a day later, Oh, I'm not on the 53, but I think he's in their plans. I think they would bring him back on the practice squad. If he clears waivers 24 hours later, um, But it shows you how valuable he is on special teams that he made this 53. And you're right. I I would put if I was putting the over under on targets for Stanley Morgan this year, it would probably be three and a half. I would take the under,
1: I think. And when I said catching punts, I meant as a gunner catching punts that Kevin Huber kicks. Uh, but, you know, the, I think also the other thing is it's kind of a little bit of an old trick that we've seen the Bengals play sometimes where they like to keep somebody that they really want to make sure ends up on their practice squad and stays in house. Um, so they hold them in and carry them through and then replace them later with somebody else that comes in as a way to make sure that, because other teams will make their moves at receiver or for special teams. And... Um, and then, if Morgan is then there twenty four hours later, you've already made your move, and you just and Morgan stays with you. So that could be also part of this as well. Um, as we expected, Trenton Irwin won that sixth sixth spot. I mean, it was. He did it again Sunday with a, and some more tough catches and just kind of kept doing it. And, and he he spent the last he said he was going to spend the next forty eight hours fishing and listening to Bob Marley and, and there's usually a third thing that goes with that. But uh, you know we I have cannot confirm nor deny. Uh, but you could probably look at his mugshot and guess. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean he played great and uh, he's kind of a guy that might be coming into his own and and I think he, uh, you know he's he's not Tyler Boyd. But you're comfortable with him as the backup to Tyler Boyd because he, you know, he makes tough catches and and just seems to produce. And
2: what else can you ask for? He had a, he had a great camp, he had a great preseason, and uh, he earned it. Yeah, really happy for him. And I, I don't know again how many routes we're going to see him run, how much we're going to see him get used this year. You know, maybe when they go five wide, he would be the guy out there. But I I still expect Tyler Boyd to play a heavy heavy percentage of the snaps in the slot. But it's nice to know that you've you've got a guy like Trent Irwin that you can depend on. That they, it's not just the the catches he makes and and takes the big hits. He, he hasn't had a lot of other targets in games, but we see it every day in practice. He he is faking DBs uh, with his moves to get open. Um, he makes all kinds of catches. He he almost had a one handed catch uh, last week at some point. He didn't get it, but it was just, he's one of those guys. It's just every day you're writing his name down or you're writing 16 down that where he makes a play that just makes you think, yes, he he belongs here. And, and the Bengals agreed with that. I don't don't even think it was probably that close of a decision between Mm -mm. him and Taylor. No, I don't, I don't think so at all. Um,
1: So uh, we move on to tight end and Darren Simmons shows up again uh, Mm -hmm. where we have the obvious top two of CJ Uzama and Drew Sample. They were not going to keep four tight ends, uh, a team that's going to be out there running 11 personnel, 84 percent of the time or whatever the heck the the league lead is on that. Um, You're not going to see them keeping a bunch of tight ends. So it was about, okay. CJ Uzama, Drew Sample are guys that are here for offense, the third tight end pops in and the occasional 13 personnel, or if somebody goes down in the game, they can go out there and fill in, but they're mostly here as special teams. Think Seath and Carter. Um, and that's where you get into the decision of what turned into Mitchell Wilcox versus Thaddeus Moss. And I guess Mason Shrek, but I don't think Shrek was ever really part of that decision. He didn't do hardly anything um, in, in camp or in the preseason. So it came down Wilcox versus Moss. And Joe Burrow, after the game on Sunday, made uh, his pitch uh, in a convincing one about what you love about Moss as a pass catcher and he's reliable and he makes the catch, you know where he's going to be. And he's talking about how Kyle Schirmer kept saying, I'm kept throwing it to Moss. Cause I, he, I knew exactly where he was going to be. I knew he was going to run the right route there. So that's why I kept throwing it to him. And Burrow feels the same way. It's why he likes him and they're close friends. And he basically said, I did my best to convince them to sign him this offseason, season. Uh, and all of that. But this is, was not about catching the football. The third tight end was about playing special teams and dad Moss just hasn't done it much. It's not something he was really asked to do a lot of LSU did to teach him and Mitchell Wilcox has, and has done it. He's the best of the bunch at that and a good athlete. So when it came down to it, they kept Mitchell Wilcox and we'll see by the time you're listening to this, we'll know probably, uh, I don't think they'll have a problem getting Thad Moss through to the practice squad. And if something happens to Uzama or Sample, boom, he's up. It's so easy to move guys up now with, mm-hmm. uh, with the rules on the practice squad. Like it's just not a big deal on the player. It is. They want that money. They want that check. But in general for roster usage, you know, you have him on the practice squad, you're gold. If, if one of those guys gets hurt and they're out, you can IR CJ or, or, drew sample and they're only out for three weeks and you can pull Thad Moss up as your second tight end. Like as long as he's in the house, you can still use him for that, but he's not going to be as helpful for you on special teams. And that's what this is about.
2: Yeah. And I, I have some numbers here for you. Special teams wise. I actually went back and um, looked at how many special team snaps each guy played in the preseason and Moss played 12 in all three games. So 36 snaps, Wilcox only played 19. He played 15 in the first game. He played four against Miami because he got the concussion. He didn't play at all at Washington because he saw he had an ankle injury in practice, mm. and he missed that game. So Moss had twice as many snaps. But here's where, I mean, obviously, we would have to talk to Darren Simmons about how they they played on those snaps. But fortunately, we have pro football focus. And it's not the Bible, but it's, it's a nice guideline. Um, Thad Moss is – PFF grades for his three games 63.1 48.0 51.9 Mitchell Wilcox's grades for his two games 79.0 68.1 so he, he graded out much better and the other thing to remember he was on the practice squad all of last year. He's he's run all of Darren's stuff. So even even though we didn't see him in any games he's run this stuff in practice for a whole year ahead of Thad Moss it just it made too much sense to keep him but you're right it's if anything happened I, and I don't think a team will claim Thaddeus Moss I mean he he went undrafted last year and he gets hurt in Washington and he's they let him go the Bengals sign him it's not like teams are clamoring to get this guy and it's not like he showed anything. He, he, yes, he made some nice catches, but it's not like he, he's going to wow. His tape is going to wow anybody to want them to want to claim him unless I don't know. I, I haven't gone through every team's roster. If, if a team suffered uh, a tight end injury or two in week three of the preseason, then maybe maybe he does get plucked. But I don't think that's the case. I think they're going to get him through and we will see him on the active roster at some point this year. Yeah, that'd be my guess, and,
1: and well, again, you never know with these things, and that's why you know, it, it is still tough to put that guy out there, because you're putting him out there, you don't know, but I think you're, it's a calculated risk um, that you take there, and that, that you'll be able to keep him sticking around. All right, let's take a second and switch gears here and hear from a sponsor.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone?
1: Now for tonight's main event, uh, the offensive line. So we have a trade. We have Billy Price traded to the Giants uh, for B.J. Hill, and I'll lump the defensive line into this conversation as we kind of weigh these two against each other in this move. I really like this trade. Um, It comes, again, calculated risk. If you listen to this podcast, you have heard me on this rant before. They had a major issue with depth at the three technique. If something were to happen to Larry Ogunjobi, they had nothing, and they'd be right back in the spot they were last year where they couldn't get any pressure up the middle, and it doomed their whole defense. That was notable. And when you had the injuries that you had at edge rusher, you're looking for any other place on the defensive line that you can assure that you can get some pressure. The opportunity to get B.J. Hill, who – has been really productive in a deep Giants defensive line, uh, as far as you know, win percentage, PFF grade, just getting in the backfield and making the most of his snaps that he's had. And it's not, and he's been durable. I mean, he's played almost every game in three years, he's in a contract year. Um, he is a significant upgrade over anybody else on the interior of that defensive line outside of the starters you know, behind Joby and reader. And that's a big deal. Cause those guys are probably going to get banged and you're looking for extra places to go on the pastor. So all that is good. You had to give up a little bit of a security blanket, uh, that you had on Trey Hopkins, but Billy price this, I'm stunned that it took two years for this trade to happen. Like he's been a former first round pick who probably is a starting level center. Even if he's the bottom starting level center in this league, uh, just sitting behind a guy you've already invested in, the opportunity to get something for him seemed like it should happen long ago, but it happens now and they officially end that experiment of a first, the latest first round pick gone wrong.
2: Yeah, I mean, you look around the league and some of the the trades that took place the last couple of days, and in its guys getting traded for sixth and seventh round picks, and, and the Bengals get a backup. Offensive linemen that they deal, and they get a, a quality defensive lineman and a, sev- a conditional seventh round pick. I, I, I like this trade too. I think it it really makes sense on so many levels. And you know, Zach mentioned today that how how much they liked what they saw from B.J. Hill when when they faced him last year. And I went back and looked, and he had three pressures in that game. His season high was four. And again, I didn't break down all the B.J. Hill film. I just went to PFF, and he his grade of 78.1 was his third highest of the year. His pass rush grade was 75.1. That was his second highest of the year. So it makes sense why – I mean, obviously the Bengals did look at more than just the one game they played, but if he really flashed against them, he catches your eye, he's on your radar, and this just came together perfectly for him.
1: In, in PFF, you look at his, his win rate as a defensive lineman, his pass rush pro- productivity numbers – he ranked higher than every single defensive lineman currently on the Bengals roster last year. Better than Ogan <laughs> Joby, far better than Reader. I mean, Reader, Daniels, obviously, Gino, um, everybody that they trotted through there last year to play defensive tackle were all basically in the bottom, uh, beyond 100 in in all those categories. And B.J. Hill was up there for most of them, up in the. 20s 30s 40s for most of those key you know really granular how much does this guy win inside categories I mean that's that's a big deal for a team that really needs that and you don't feel so exposed if and Joby were to go down at some point too um so that's that part of the equation but what ends up happening is so Michael Jordan gets let go and we talked about that is is he gonna hang on right like how many how can you realistically keep five guards? And it was a p- even more apparent Sunday that he was out of their plans, as he didn't even come into the second half of that game. And and Deontay Smith and um, Jackson Carmen played with the the twos um, after the three play debacle was over with the starters. And so you end up with Jonah Williams, Quentin Spain, Trey Hopkins, Xavier Soufio, and Riley Reef as your starters. And your five backups as Fred Johnson, Deontay Smith, Trey Hill, a uh, six-round pick out of Georgia, Jackson Carmen, your second-round pick out of Clemson, and Isaiah Prince, uh, who's basically a rookie. I mean, he had uh, 47 snaps with Miami his rookie year, and then opted out last year after the Bengals had picked him up. And, you know, he came out and had, he had to play a ton this preseason, and they liked enough of what they saw. That is Fred Johnson, Mr. Reliable Veteran of this group, okay, with his (laughs) seven career starts, and we all kind of know what Fred Johnson has been. Then three rookies and 47 snaps from Isaiah Prince is your insurance blanket. It's not that you're not willing to take the calculated risk of Billy Price. That I'm fine with. But when you couple that with not pursuing a veteran tackle – not signing, a you know, maybe they do sign Austin Reader or, or, or whoever. Um, that's maybe another guy that's out there. But, you know, not aggressively pursuing something else as a backup and guard or center or a veteran tackle and then letting Price go and Jordan, whatever. All, all of that combines to make you very nervous. And you already were kind of nervous, you know, uh, about. You are so close to jumping right back into last year's waters. For all the change, for all of how much we think it is going to be better, and I do believe the starting five are better, almost across the board. You are so close to feeling like you're right back where you started, relying on the unreliable or the unknown. You're going to rely on the unknown at some point this year. You just are. Yeah, you
2: think you're nervous. How do you think Joe Burrow feels? I mean, it's and what go back and look. I mean, how often do the Bengals have an offensive lineman, any of them, play 16 games or start 16 games? Jay, I'm on. glad you asked that because uh, <laughs> for my story that's up on the athletic, I've gone through, I went through the last
1: four years and I went through total offensive line snaps taken. What percentage were taken by the projected five starters from opening day and what percentage were taken by the rest over the course of the entire 16-game season? In 2020, the split, with projected being the first number here and then the reserves being the second. In 2020, the split was 64-36. In 2019, the split was 59-41. In 2018, they had a little more healthy year, 84-16. And then in 2017, 7624 as your percentage splits. The last two years, you're up over and around 2,000 snaps by your non-projected offensive line starters, your backups, the guys I just said. 2,000 snaps. What does 2,000 snaps look like if they come from Fred Johnson, Deontay Smith, Trey Hill, Jackson, Carmen, and Isaiah Prince? It looks like last year. And you can hope for health. And you can hope for development. These are new faces. These are these are new guys, new draft picks, new hope, right? Maybe they'll get it right this time after we've so many picks that have gone awry, and the latest Jordan and Price being the latest cycle jettisoned. But you don't know. It's so uncertain. And they're not the only team with this problem. The league has this problem. Look at every run of backups across the league, and you're going to see a lot of hope and development. But this is particularly dicey. That's all. That's all I'm saying because Dante Smith is a converted tackle. Jackson Carmen came in overweight and converted tackle. Converted tackle. And Trey Hill, I mean, had some cringeworthy moments, even though he's had some very nice tape too, and he's a sixth round pick. And Isaiah Prince, what are we talking about? You know, I mean, you are really taking a risk um, if you end up with these guys playing at some point they're going to play.
2: I'm curious Um, because I started to do a similar exercise and I wasn't doing snaps. I was looking at the starts and I, I was just looking at tackles to begin with and I got sidetracked and I, I didn't follow through on it. But in, to, in 2019, you said projected starter on opening day. So who – who was your projected starter in 2019 at left tackle? Was it Jonah? Jonah it court Jonah. Okay. Cause I yeah, counted,
1: yeah. I counted him as missing the yes. whole year as so only four. the other four. And that's why you ended up with 59% 59. of the projected starters
2: snaps, but that's part of it.
1: I mean, and you're it, rocking it this equation, but
2: still. Yeah. Well, you're rocking this equation was Bobby Hart. And yeah, he, I mean, he's the one that played 16, started 16 games so many times. And he just got cut by Buffalo. So, yes, it is, it's it is a dicey proposition. The the odds are not in your favor that you're going to make it through the season with this starting five. And it it almost goes back to the what we've talked about so many times the no donkeys approach. You you may end up with a donkey in there. My my big question what do you think the chances are, zero to one hundred, that that Michael Jordan is a practice squad candidate. You think they just totally move on from him, cutting him, it's no going back or do you think he's a decent enough insurance policy that they they bring him back on the practice squad? I think he's a I think he's a practice squad candidate. Um I don't know that
1: he'll want to. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he doesn't feel like the Frank Pollock liked him, if he doesn't feel like it matched, which obviously there's the staff wasn't feeling it um you would think he would maybe be more interested in a fresh start elsewhere um would be my thought. Jacksonville with Urban Meyer who obviously was showing interested in him as a trade anyway um that would make more sense and we'll probably know this by the time you're listening to this but you know yeah I I, I think it's I think it's move on time. And and, and I have said I don't think Michael Jordan is much di- is much different than Deontay Smith or Jackson Carmen and and so at a certain point you have to turn to your rookies it's just when you combine all of these things together you you end up with this and we'll see if they if they you know Zach Taylor said it uh, uh, with us after cuts this is our ten for now mm-hmm. and and so I, I, I there's obviously still plenty of time to make moves it would be advisable. <laughs> it would be advisable, particularly at center. Trey Hill, I mean, look, I, I like watching the way he pancakes some guys against Washington too, and that's very nice. But if Trey Hill is in there starting for you in week four because Trey Hopkins gets banged, I mean, you you are not in a great spot. And, you know, I think there's a reason they were kicking the tires on the chief center on Austin Raider, you know, I mean, there's a reason they were doing that early on to get a glimpse of where he's at and what he looks like. So they know if the time comes and they trade Billy price, they could go and maybe dip back into those waters. And I think it's something they should consider if he's willing to come here. Um, You know, that's the other question. Is he, I mean, maybe they might've been trying to wait him out to see if he gets less picky as the
2: season gets closer. As Speaking of dipping into waters, I've, I've got a run-passer boot, and we can either save it till the end or if and get through the linebackers and the DBs, or do you want to do it now? Let's do it. I, I always want to get the run-passer boots going. Let's do one. Okay, so how many guys not on the 53 today will be on September 11th? I'm not saying September 12th, because they'll be able to call a couple guys up to active that day, so... By Saturday before the opener, how many guys that are not on the fifty-three right now will be? Is it zero to one? Is it two? Or is it three or more?
1: Uh, I will run with two. I will pass on three or more, and I, I will boot zero to one. I, I think Clive Kareem's gonna go on IR mm-hmm. is my get, is what I think we'll see. Um and so they just wanted to carry him through so that they could get him back um, from whatever his injury his mysterious injury that's being shrouded <laughs> uh, at this point, I think, for competitive purposes. Uh, so click Kareem, and then I, I think you'll see probably a, a – I think you'll see a move at offensive line, if not something else also maybe at receiver with moving Stanley Morgan and adding. I think they need to – I think they're looking to add an edge um you look i mean darius hodges had a nice preseason but there's probably some other names with a little bit more of a pedigree that could still come in here and and help you and maybe they could even just be taking that kareem slot i don't know but um i i i think it's there's definitely going to be a few
2: yeah i was going to run with three or more and then pass on two and boot zero one because i i wouldn't rule out uh, trey waynes i mean that 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 injury, the hamstring injury, that that could be a uh, an IR thing. If it's just three weeks, you never know. Um, we we don't know the severity of it. They they've been pretty hush hush about it. But the fact that they they didn't play Eli Apple against yeah, it's at Miami, least one. It's at least right. one. So um, and then all the things you said, and who knows, maybe another injury crops up um, over the course of the 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 week of practice leading up to the game. Um, I just. I think we're gonna see quite a bit of movement on that fifty three man roster before we get to Minnesota
1: I'm with you on that and we, we've kind of touched a lot on the defensive line stuff now um mm-hmm. so but the cuts that really the one that we didn't discuss was the the fallout the domino of the bj hill trade was well okay well now you have a lot of defensive tackles down in here you know you had Reader and Ogunjobi and B.J. Hill and then Tupo and Shelvin and Daniels and Wren and it's there's just a lot of these same guys and you know what being a 32 year old defensive tackle ain't an easy business <laughs> it's just not <laughs> and when push came to shove you know they got younger and more productive as a pass rusher from that position and you know Mike Daniels was not a productive three technique when he was asked to try to do that last year. I mean, he was okay. He pushed the pocket some, but as far as pressures and winning, he just wasn't doing it a lot. And Tupo and Shelvin, if you're looking for someone to just be a run stopper, I mean, Tupo and Shelvin have been great. They're not going to give up on Tyler Shelvin. Tupo's played really well and looks like he he's going to be a big part of what they're doing. It's just an odd man out scenario, and I think people like Mike Daniels. I think they liked his presence. They liked him as a veteran. It was salty and really gave them some personality and some energy, and and knows how to win and, and is a tough guy. Um, they like a lot of that, and I'm sure they have. I think you know. I think they have plans to if if he would have any interest in coming around as a veteran in the practice squad, they could do that. Um, I don't know how much interest he has in that, but you know. It's, at a certain point, it is, it kind of is what it is. You, your injuries come into play more often with him at his age, and he's just not as productive as a guy like Hill. He ends up being the one
2: that goes. Yeah. I, I came up with kind of a mock practice squad, and I did put Mike Daniels on there, but it is, I think they would want him. They it would be a question. Yes. They absolutely it would. be would. a question. It's a whether to him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and you, I mean, you hit it on the nose. As soon as the the trade was announced, you said this could be it for Mike Daniels, and and that's the way it played out. It 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 did. It surprised me a little bit, but then seeing your your tweet that 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 could be it for Mike, it, it started to make sense. And yeah, I mean, B.J. Hill is probably better. Well, he definitely is better definitely. than Mike Daniels, and he's a lot younger. Um, so it just it they're just wasn't room for Mike Daniels on this 53
1: and is proven more durable and re- and mm-hmm. availability is the best ability right so right. I mean you know that's a, that's a big part of it too all right let's just take a quick break
2: this episode is supported by fx's clipped the scandalous story of the 2014 clippers owner's racist
1: remarks captured on tape and heard around the world Oh, do we want to talk about Renell Ren? I mean, you know, he just, he didn't do much. And I, they, I think maybe they'll try to get him on the practice squad. I don't know. Uh, Cleo McKenzie, Noah Spence in and out, um, Monty Bledsoe. I mean, it was, it was, uh, they did not carry Joseph Osai through, you know, we, they kept saying likely out for the season, likely out for the season that it was like, what does that likely mean? Well, what, what is this likely about? Um, and so, but they did not, they would have had to carry him through in order to have him be a IR designated to return candidate. They did not do that. So his season is officially now over. There will be no Joseph Osai return, which we suspected, but that likely kind of left that nugget hanging out there. So that was the big thing with him. Uh, Wyatt Hubert and Akeem are on the NFI reserve, which because they, they never practiced, so they it's like pup, but it means it didn't happen at the facility. So that means six weeks, um, they have to be out after that. You can massage it to come back later in the year at some point. So the door is technically still open for Hubert and Adenogy, although the assumption is specific. I know with Hubert that his year will be over, but at the very least, that door is not completely shut yet like it
2: is for Osai. Yeah, I think they have to return to practice by week 12. Yeah. Um, and, and then – And then have three weeks, weeks to be have.
1: activated. So you end up at like week yeah. 15 they have to make a decision on, which you know, by that point you know. Right. Um, we went through that years at McCarron. AJ McCarron. Yeah, the yeah. led of the grievance. Yeah. That's <laughs> Hopefully no grievances <laughs> this year. Uh, so Linebacker cut and dry. Uh, Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt, who everybody's very excited about, have had really good camps in preseason. They're your starters. Davis Gaither – Jordan Evans, Marcus Bailey all make the team, and then they cut Joe Bacci, Donnie Lewis, Keandre Jones. Um, that's that. Uh, at corner, you have Mike Hilton, Trey Waynes, Chido Beouzie. Uh, Then you have Jalen Davis making it, as we all suspected, because he had such a good mm-hmm. camp in preseason. Um, Darius Phillips and Eli Apple. Uh, letting go of Tony Brown, Winston Rose, Antonio Phillips. None of that necessarily surprising, but, Jay, to me, the surprising thing in the cornerback room happened Sunday, and that was Eli Apple getting rested as a starter, Um, essentially – taking the place of Trey Waynes while Darius Phillips was playing late into the third quarter. And yet again, Darius Phillips getting just shit on by this coaching staff who just is not a fan. Like he's here because he plays well enough, but clearly they just there is a disconnect with something that they just do not buy Darius Phillips stock ever at every chance to buy, they pass and go a different direction, and so what you're going to end up with in the opener appears is Eli Apple starting a guy who's played for multiple teams and had some real bad stretches. You your worry is is this this year's LaShawn Sims, you know who who you don't understand why he's playing over Darius Phillips and he costs you, and eventually they they're forced to go back to Phillips and and again Phillips is not a clean prospect, you know, uh, he has his issues. He's very small. He can be targeted for sure, but he's a decent ball hawk. He's decent with the ball in the air. It's just surprising how much they don't view him as an answer and, and, and repeatedly don't.
2: Yeah. I don't, I don't know if it's his size, if it's his propensity to get hurt. If it's, if it's that they like him so much as a punt returner, they don't want to, Put him in that mix at corner, but you're right. He's. I mean, every every time he's gotten a chance, he's he's played well, and then he either gets hurt or the season ends and they they knock him back down. It is it is really curious. It'll uh, it'll be interesting to see what he does as a punt returner. I mean, he could make himself a, a, a pretty good pro, or not a good prospect, but a, a good free agency target next year, if he can have a good year as a, a punt returner. And if he gets some spots here or there to show once again, what he can do at corner, he's not a guy you want in there four or five games in a row, probably, but he is a, a decent fallback. I don't know. He's not a guy that's, I mean, he, he puts some weird things on Twitter. He's not a, he's not a guy that's going to like come out and, question coaching moves on twitter but he i I did that last year though oh you're right yeah Yeah, did do that
1: i think thats i i mean i look i get the feeling and it's hard not to i mean it's the only thing missing from this equation like there there's obviously something there that that has Mm -hmm. that rubs them the wrong way About him, whether it's, you know, how much they we we hear from the staff all the time, how much they care about practice and the way you show up every day and the competitiveness of that and and how much that plays into the how they value people. Obviously, that's there's some aspect of there that's part of this. And that's just what it is. But, you know, you're so you're you're going to out here, you're going to be out here running the Eli Apple train and, and seeing if how much they believe in him. You know who's had his issues, man. Like <laughs> there's a reason he's bounced around, and uh, you know you hope that Trey Wayne's is is only out a week or two. We'll see um, how long that actually ends up being. Hamstrings can be dicey that way, um, but you know you're gonna you're gonna have a lot on on Eli Apple's plate. It appears. Um, I do think Phillips is good in that punt return role, and and that'll be a good thing for him to be able to focus on that too. But. Uh, Interesting stuff there. Uh, Safety is as you would have expected. Uh, Trayvon Henderson gets cut. He had a nice nice game on Sunday um, with a TFL and an interception. Uh, But – He's kind of he's going to hang around this practice squad because he has played well in the preseasons when he's had chance. But this this was an impossible foursome to crack. Like Brandon Wilson, yeah. one of the best kicker turners in the league. Ricardo Allen, your cerebral veteran backup, the perfect guy for that position who can also drop into the slot if necessary. Jesse Bates and Von Bell, leaders of the team. Like, I mean, there's really nothing Trayvon Henderson could have done. But get himself in the practice squad, be available in case an injury happens, is is what he did, and I think that's what we'll see. Um, specialists went as you would have anticipated. Evan McPherson having the greatest camp in the history of kickers. Uh, he added his 57-yarder just to give everybody a little bit more excitement on the way out uh, on Sunday. Uh, and then Kevin Huber and Clark Harris. Drew Chrisman was cleared but did not participate in the game on Sunday, which was a smart move because the last thing you want to do is put him out there and he booms 180 yards and somebody says, oh, give me that guy. So they hide him, they stash him so he can hang out, kick on the practice squad and be here if you need him. If anything happens to Kevin and continue to get a look at him for a potential replacement maybe next year and obviously darren simmons liked a lot of what he saw from chrisman uh they had no takers on any potential trade for austin Seibert, so he gets let go and we'll see if he lands there's a number of kicking spots open in the league i'm sure he'll be in a competition at some point for those
2: yeah detroit with no kickers at all
1: <laughs> they, they cut all their kickers randy randy goes down in detroit he so was not the answer of-
2: Speaking of Randy, I, I, I this was I was going through the list, you know, kind of looking at potential targets of guys that got cut. Uh, there were there were eight guys, eight vested veterans. These aren't rookie practice squad guys. Eight vested veterans that were on this roster last year that got cut by other teams. Oh. this year. Do you, you have that list? list? I do have that list. Please is, um, indulge. Margus Hunt and Sean Williams. For, they were with Arizona, Bobby Hart with Buffalo, Josh Bynes with Carolina, Randy Bullock, who already said with Detroit, Alex Erickson in Houston, BJ Finney, never played, but he was on the roster last year at Pittsburgh, and Alex Redmond in New England. All got let go. All got let go today. If that doesn't
1: tell you something you need to know about the quality of the roster last year. Uh, you know, it's because people always think, oh, they're gonna leave here and go succeed. It's the opposite. They're gonna leave there, and everyone's like, oh, you're right, man. I don't know. That ain't it. That ain't it. Uh, that's a real. That's a wild number. I cannot remember anything like that. No, I mean ever. That is a that is a wild revelation. <laughs> yeah, and that's and that's part of it. That's and I think that's why when we talked to Zach Taylor after cuts. He, there is an optimism that this roster feels better it feels improved it does feel more focused there is a more sense of who the leaders are and that you there's a little bit more reliability in some of the the depth spots as you started to go through those and there's obvious questions there I mean some names there I mean Darius Hodge and Jalen Davis has you know they're, they're preseason superstars they're undrafted guys and things like that and that's fine Stanley Morgans I mean these guys are on your roster Mitchell Wilcox these are not stars necessarily but you gotta every team has to develop guys that are players like that from off the beaten path and that's their version of those guys this year but I do think there's a little bit you do feel a little bit better about the roster probably as a whole um than you have and for reasons like that you know that I
2: don't you know that's
1: a that eight is a big old number.
2: <laughs> and it's what you said earlier that, that as dicey as those backups are on the offensive line, the starters are better than last year. And that was that was the big hole last year. So if, if you've if you've all automatically increased, even if it's incrementally, the offensive line, and then the cornerbacks are better. The, the, the defensive line is way better. I mean, it is top to bottom, starter-wise and top to bottom. You, you you do need to feel a lot better about this year's roster than last year's. Will it will it lead to more wins? I guess we have to wait and see, but the way they're positioned right now I I still if i'm if I'm betting I'm if it's still at six and a half, I haven't looked, but if I'm betting, I'm taking the over. More on that next week. uh
1: season prediction time and is here. Uh, so that will be coming in next week's episode. Uh, When we come to you uh, early next week, the team will reconvene big weekend off. uh, So they're going to the players and everybody take the long weekend for Labor Day and they're back on Monday and we're in game week. Uh, So it will be Vikings week team comes in Monday for full day of practice. uh, And we'll have interviews from that. and, And we will be here talking season preview season prediction. And then obviously on Thursday, we'll have our big event at 50 West that we're very excited for. Please come down. I'm going to see if I can't get some powers that be. Hopefully, we got some powers that be to listen to this. Maybe, Maybe give away an athletics up? What do you think? Yeah. I think we can make something like that happen. I think we can. I think we I mean, let's go ahead and make promises here that we absolutely have no idea if we can keep, Jay.
2: Well, even if the powers that be won't. Maybe you and I just pitch in and, and buy one for somebody. Oh, look at <laughs> us for the goodness you, for our people. You know this is about <laughs> our, right. this is about our people. This ain't
1: about anything else. But we we all everyone that listens, uh, we we love when we hear from you. We love when we see you. And a chance to see you is going to be great. So maybe maybe Jay and I will have to dip into our own pockets. That's that's the love. That's the love. You know, time will have to. You spend you, you spell love t i m e. And in dollar bills, okay, you can C-A-S-H. buy love. You can buy love, Jay. <laughs> Contrary to popular belief. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, so that's where the roster stands. Again, there's going to be changes as as that unfolds. We'll be back with more on season preview and some of the some of the the stuff that happens at the back of the roster. We'll have that coming for you next week, and we'll be talking Vikings, talking the Z- return of Zim. I wonder if Zim will come early and go out to his property in Kentucky. On no, Saturday, I, will. I would assume he's going to head out there just to check in on it. So yeah. this is this is if any, I, I don't know if anybody knows where it is. This is not an invitation to to hang out by the gates. Uh But <laughs> uh Zim is a big fan of, of going out there and, and relaxing. So I don't know. I don't know how relaxed any coach is the night before the opener. That's a no sleeper to me.
2: Yeah, maybe he'll be there this weekend for Labor Day weekend for the weekend off. That's true. That's true. Uh, all right. Thanks, everybody for listening. Uh, appreciate you checking in with Hear
1: the Podcast Ground. Hopefully we'll see you at 50 West next Thursday, 7 o'clock. We'd love to see you down there. Um, other than that, have a great Labor Day weekend, everybody, and uh, we'll talk to you next week.